Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. This is episode 585. Um, obviously the big man in the house, Mark Drury, on this episode. Um, so there might be some new uh, new eyes and ears on this episode, so thank you for checking us out if you've never listened before. If you have listened to before and you want to support what we do, uh, give us a rating, review, share with your friends on any socials. Uh, don't forget our YouTube channel is not big, but we're just trying to get some engagement there. So if you comment anything in whatever month we're in, we're doing a giveaway from anyone who in, uh, engaged. We're just picking random people to win some prizes, and uh, we got some stuff coming down the line. Uh, so I'm, I got a little bit of news for this week's episode. Uh, first things first, the next upcoming public event we'll be at will be the Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. That is August 25th through the 27th in Bloomington, Illinois, uh, the fair County fairgrounds there booth 118 uh, will be there in working class aisle. Um, rumor has it old barn taxidermy is going to be there as well, um, as well as a handful of our other partners. Um, the 26th is the WCB after party bash with live music and beer and all sorts of good times. Uh, Cody Christian is headlining again. He headlined last year. And damn, that guy is good. I'm, I'm going to try and get him on the podcast. He might be in studio like that week. Uh, I want him to just play some jams on here because I'm telling you that dude is going to be like the next Zach Bryan or the next Chris Stapleton. The guy jams. It's awesome. So we're going to try to get him in. So that'll be after the show, obviously, when that episode launches. But uh, we're going to see if we can work that out. But that's booth 118, August 25th through the 27th in Bloomington, Illinois, Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. Come out and support that growing show. Uh, be a part of that community. Uh, Eric has some new designs on workingclassbowhunter.com. Gen 2 of You Can't Kill Big Bucks If Your Wife Sucks t-shirt is live. Um, check it out. I like the design. It's a little different. Um, and so you guys know with our store, pretty much everything you're going to see at Illinois Deer and Beer Fest that will be available after that, coming into the new year, every shirt that's in existence now, I'm pretty sure Eric is going to nix it. There, of course, will be available online till the end of the year, but starting trade show season next year, all new everything. We're going to completely just refresh in the entire store. And uh, so that being said, if you like a design, grab it because it won't be around forever. We just can't. We're a small business. We got to keep it fresh. And uh, we just can't hold on to the same logo tee for eight years. So hopefully you understand that. Um, other news, I don't know. Honestly, um, we're supposed to do these intros together, but we end up, I don't know, some of us got sick, couldn't do them how we wanted to this week. So it's me running the front on this week's ad. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, podcast is brought to you by Elite Archery. I uh, got... Larry Mack coming in studio here very soon. Uh, I'm going to talk about maybe some new elite bow models coming out. We might be giving away an Omnia. That could be coming down the line. So just pay attention. If you're trying to get into the elite family, um, we're going to do what we can to help you guys out. Also, I know they're, I don't know if they're giving away a bow a month on elite archery. Uh, let me see. I can pull it up real time. I'd have Mr. Intern do it if I wasn't alone. But they're doing giveaways. Yeah, giveaway. Giving away a bow a month. Easy and free to enter. Click here to learn how. So EliteArchery.com and uh, click on it. The Era, the Omnia. So yeah, if you want to win a bow, 
every month. There's a giveaway away. LeadArchery.com. Pretty damn cool, huh? Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Big Time. Doug is shamelessly campaigning his blend. Um, and last update I got from Mr. Joseph Umphreys, Austin's blend is literally smoking all of us. Um, I'm in second place. Doug and Eric are actually tied for third, just behind me in second. So, you know what? I'm the only one on the intro. Go buy my blend. Use code WCB2023. Um, it's while supplies last, and I know Joe is about out of the BOYB blends. So, if you want to make your order, I do it now. And plus, you're going to be getting it ordered if you're going to get your fall plots in. So, that's something to consider. Whether or not you buy our blends or not, um, just be on the ball. Uh, we've been had a early, wet August, so get them plots in while you can. I know it's tough out there. It's hard to get them in. It's easy to procrastinate. It's, I don't know, you got wives and family and jobs and all that shit pulling us all over the place. So um, just buy my blend. No one else is here to campaign it. Uh, big time WCB 2023. Um, Huntworth is a partner of ours. We've used Huntworth from really everywhere we've used it. Early season, late season, their heat boost. They have it all. And tomorrow they're starting a 30% off sale. It's like a Black Friday and August type sale. Jump on that one. That's a it's a great time to get into some Huntworth gear. Um, I literally like everything I have from Huntworth. I lean more towards. I, I started with the, the disruption camo. Um, I've now kind of like gone tarnin on everything. Um, if you're looking for lightweight uh, early season stuff, the Durham lightweight pants. Um, they have solids. They have cam any camo, camo pattern you want, um, and of course any hoodie. That Huntworth makes, I'm going to be fucking wearing it because it's the shit. So uh, 30% off starting Friday or tomorrow if you're listening to this in real time. But if you miss that sale, you can always use code WCB15. Uh, check it out. Don't sleep on Huntworth. I'm telling you, they're a, they seem like they're new in the game and they're uh, becoming more and more popular as more um, focus they put on on the fit and clothing and, and, and quality of their gear for the price, especially um, some of their new uh, <laughs> commercials they got coming out. Uh, it's Nick and Dick. Don't be a dick. Get Huntworth. It's pretty funny. I like it. They went very WCB with their ads on some of that shit, uh, but you got to love. So check out HuntworthGear.com. Tell them WCB sent you and uh, I think you'll be happy. Old Barn Taxidermy will be at Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. If you want to come check them out and meet uh, Sam and the Old Barn Girls, Rumor has it they're going to be mounting my eight-pointer from last year in the booth, which I just found that out today. And that's pretty damn exciting because, one, you can see how they mount deers on those G2 form deers, see how they mount deer on those G2 forms, but then you get to see my buck, and then I get to watch it. So I'm going to be over there drinking a beer just staring at them while they mount it. All weird, maybe a little creepy, but I'll be having a good time. So if you want to do that with me, I'll have a cold beer for you. We'll watch Old Barn Taxidermy Mount Deer in person at Illinois Deer and Beer Fest while we drink a beer and high-five everybody. Doesn't that sound like a damn good time? I think it does. You should come out and hang out with me. Podcast is also brought to you by Loophold Optics. Loophold has something I'm really, really fucking excited about. The BX4 Range HD Range Finding Binos. It's a bino and a range finder all in one package. 
Chaboy's got to get his hands on this. This is uh, I've been wanting this from Leupold for a long time. It is a uh, it's a red readout. Um, if you remember my stupid bet I made with Michael from Leupold, the dude works at at Leupold, and I was betting him that my rangefinder had a different color readout. Um, but it is red. It does have a bow mode. Uh, calculates angle compensated ranges for your bow, of course. Um, programmable power button, true ballistic range, wind technology. Um, so elite optical system, uh, light transmission, glare reduction, and resolution. Diehard shooters demand. That's the BX4 range finding bino setup. Check that out. Tell Leupold that we sent you. We really like them. It's a great company to work with, and everything they do is top-notch. I'm telling you, before I got into the optics game, I always heard that you what you spend on optic, optics is what you get out of them, and I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever, this uh, Tasco, whatever, is working just fine. I'm telling you, I don't go anywhere without my binos, and when you're glassing all day on your first Western hunt, you're going to really wish you just invested a little more into your optics game um, than, than what you thought you should have. So consider that no matter what brand you buy. Uh, you know, we like Loophold. We've used Loophold. We actually do use Loophold, obviously. But even if you're not a Loophold person or on the fence, just make sure you're buying quality optics no matter what company you get. That's that's a big, big tip, especially going out west where it matters more than beyond your 10, 10 by 42 um distance here in the midwest something to consider there uh the podcast also brought to you by trophy line trophy line is uh man i don't know if i can talk about something that's coming out from trophy line. i'll wait um i got to be a part of it packs and bags tree saddles platforms and sticks they have it all i consider them a mobile company instead of a saddle company um, if you're in the pack, uh, in, in the pack, in the market for a new pack, the K's 2.0 backpack is an easy go-to. It's $150 retail, but we have a code WCB2310. Um, whatever platform you're wanting for your saddle hunting game, the mission um, being the largest platform in the running. The EDP, uh, one of my favorites, killed by Buck out of an EDP last year. The Onyx, the Wingman. The Wingman's like a combo between a stick and a platform. Um, so they have something for everyone. Get on there, trophyline.com. Tell them we sent you. Use a code if you'd like. Uh, Grizzly coolers, Grizzly drinkware, Grizzly box blinds. Uh, all three of those can actually go together in there, and we use them all together. If you want to see, if you want to come touch and feel a Grizzly cooler, come to Illinois Deer and Beer Fest in Bloomington in two weekends. You'll like it. They have it all. We also have WCB branded drinkware from Grizzly. They have their new Driftler. Um, I guess it's considered a soft-sided cooler. They have one on wheels. They have all sizes for you. Um, check out Grizzly. Made in Decora, Iowa. How, how can you hate on that? Um, also, Blackgate trail cameras. Goddamn. Did I say anything else? I, uh, I fucking love those things. It's the least headaches I've ever had with any cell cam ever. So, something to think about. Um Blackgate Trail Cams, code WCB10. We also have a code of WCB. Um, get on there. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Novix Tree Stands. The Raider Series is available. Get on there. Very, very well-priced, quality-made, American-made tree stands and ladder stands and accessories. The Camoflex is a is an, uh, product from them that is highly overlooked, in my opinion. It is a... Basically, it's artificial branches that you can use to 
you know, you over trim, which I've done a lot. Um, I'm going to be setting up whole camel flex setup on some of my Novix stands. And uh, rumor has it they're coming out with a system to mount your camel flex to your stand. So I don't even know what that is. It's just a product um, that I've been begging, nicely begging for from the good people at Novix. Um, but get on there. Get yourself some camo flex. Check out the Raider series. Check out the Hilo. Check out the Echo. They have a tree stand for you, for everybody now. And you can use code WCB10 at Novix. And tell them we sent you. That, that code will tell them that we sent you, actually, if you didn't know that. And the podcast brought to you by Dialed Archery. Um, tons of questions about dialed, what they're like. Yeah, they look cool, but American-made sites by good people, best-looking sites, and we have a code for free shipping with them, and that is code working class. Um, we also pair that on our elites with the new Redline Guru Dropaway Rest. So we get the full setup, and again, WCB10 on really any Redline accessories, I believe, uh, stabilizers and rests. What else? Uh, Black Ovis. Black Ovis is, man, I learned about Black Ovis from a friends at Buckstorm years ago before I went on my first elk hunt because it's like the premier like retailer that really, I mean, they have everything you want. So you got to keep in mind, like we do have a code with them at Black Ovis and it's code WCB10, but anything we're not sponsored by that you're just looking to get a discount code on that Black Ovis has or might carry, which is about everything, you can use code WCB10. Um, you know, if you're if your passion's Western big game, whitetails, sheep hunting, waterfowl, we're not waterfowl guys. If it's that or upland birds, uh, Black Ovis has pretty much everything that you're gonna need. Um, they got all the hunting gear. Check them out. Black Ovis code WCB10, and they also have Black Ovis Arrow ID where you can build arrows there and have them shipped to you. So if you want to get your victory arrows, like Rip TKOs, have them built with. Fletching or this color fletching or whatever, you can do that at Black Ovis. So I rambled enough. Thank you guys for being here. That's uh, how it goes when I'm by myself and I have to do the ads. You get more of your traditional type ad reads, but we're going to get these guys all back in studio and have some fun. But hope you enjoyed this episode. Sorry for being long-winded. We appreciate the support. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from The Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It's episode late 580s. We're not really sure. We're losing track. Kurt Geyer speaking. Doug Schmidt. Austin Chandler. Jacob Johnson. Jacob's traditionally the host of the Victory Drive Podcast, our firearm series. Yeah. Pew, pew. Me. And, nice. and, <laughs> here we go <laughs> and our guest 
of the hour, Mr. Mark Jury's in studio. What's up, guys? Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad you made it back. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Got to see what we're changing at the studio and what looks we're, beautiful. What we're working on looks good. Thank you. Well, we're glad to have you back in. Yeah, we've had an eventful day. We did a DeerCast series with Stan Potts right before this. So if anybody listening to that DeerCast series or watching the DeerCast series on DeerCast, which I hope you're doing, uh, go check that one out. So. Yeah. Pretty cool having Stanley on there. He's the best. He is. He's, He's awesome. He's a legend. I was I was pretty nervous for that one, honestly. I'm always nervous around Stan. <laughs> He's a living legend. <laughs> He's he's awesome. Mark, what's going on, man? What's new? Boy, you name it. I mean, it's that time of the year where we're getting ready for fall. So there's a lot of different things going on. Number one for us, we're still television producers first. So, you know, each week, a lot of editing, a lot of interviews, a lot of proofing. We've also started our semi-live series already this year. So Deer Season 23, we're several episodes into it. And of course, social media slash DeerCast. There's just really not a lot of downtime for us anymore. Like it, you know, that's that's before you get to go work on the farms, you know. So yeah, it's just very busy. It, it's a ton of work. I don't think a lot of people realize it, especially when you add like the semi live element to things. It's like big time. Got people going right now and get getting going. I can't imagine having to like facilitate most of that. But even then, like the farm work on top of that, and then like you have to have stuff to film, and then you have to have deer to film. So add all that in on trying to find what deer you're going to target and pattern and building like the stories yeah. around them has to add just another element. The, the deer hunting's the fun and not easy part, but it's easier than the summer, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so enjoyable to go deer hunt every day and try to play that chess match and figure out what buck is where and how to kill them and stuff. So right. it's, uh, we're lucky to have the personnel we do in our company. We've got... 25 employees that are all top shelf and top of their game and it uh it takes a, a village as they say and, and yeah. we've got a good one we're so blessed with everybody that's part of the jury outdoor squad and yeah. you know couple that with the the guys that we have out in the t woods filming you know our, our jury outdoors team there's another probably 50 to 60 subcontractors that that are out there filming so it's a big organization there's a lot of balls in the air and uh yeah. you know it's it's we're lucky to have them and it's you see it in the product everybody cares about it and everybody loves to deer hunt and they want they want to entertain people and educate people and we're, we're blessed to to have that group yeah finding that many people that are that good at what they do and then let alone finding that many people who want to work nowadays is a whole nother story <laughs> yeah. so it, it's it's encouraging you know you look at like Forrest and wade and perry there's three guys well wade's 30 now but Forrest and perry still in their 20s and they just work like there's you know they're never gonna have another day to work again i mean it's it's not uncommon for those guys to put in an 80 or 90 hour work week certain times of the year there's other times where it's a little bit more relaxed but they are they're workaholics and we we appreciate and love them so much they're great at what they do yeah they definitely are and everybody is just awesome that we've met you know from the jury team um all right so what's going on right now deer and farm wise like you know this episode's going to launch within a three-week span of recording but it's all relatively yeah so in the pocket <clears throat> anytime from about the 25th of july through september 1st we've got all cameras rolling right this is the time of year that we have a lot of luck taking 
inventory mm-hmm. um, where it's legal. We put it over Analogic Supplement Gold. That stuff is unbelievable for inventory during the summer. Mm-hmm. It also adds that health component, which that's the reason I feed it, is I'm trying to make sure that I give them the best chance they can to ward off EHD. Mm-hmm. So I love Analogic Supplement Gold. In Missouri, we have a couple CWD counties down there, or one, so I can't feed it down there. So our strategy changes in terms of where we put our cameras and the approach. And down there, it's it's more about trails and, you know, um, big scrapes that I, you know, have located in the past and mark them out and make sure we go back there. Because those bucks, once those antlers are pretty close to development, really all year, but especially early August when they're about done and I think they're starting to harden, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they'll start to hit those scrapes even with that velvet on. And you get a lot of pictures like that down there. So <clears throat> with analogic supplement goal, we get them pretty quick. In Missouri, it takes, you know, six weeks or so to really, really start getting good pictures. Okay. I'm glad you kind of laid it out the way you did because you just described our crew's great divide right now. Doug and Eric have great trail cam pictures. Austin and I in Illinois are kind of like, wish we could supplemental feed. You guys are cool. And <laughs> yeah. ours are natural movement type photos. If, you know, if we're lucky to get one, a lot, like our farmers are kind of similar. We won't start getting buck pictures for, you know, hell september or hardhorn or yeah. whatever but we feel left out sometimes <laughs> yeah. but I, we don't start bumming until october if we don't have any big ones by october then we're like all right where are they at what's going on <laughs> and then doug and eric and the iowa boys Just are pictures left and right <laughs> yeah are shoveling <laughs> supplemental feet out for pictures and it's like man that may be reversed theirs may disappear when you show up though hey, you know? right it's, well, but it's the truth <laughs> yeah. hey historically that's how it's worked. Yeah. <laughs> Chaboy. What does that mean? Not to call you out, Doug, but just saying. You mean Eric. You, okay, yeah, you've done pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I just... The guy that's not here. Yeah, yeah. You got to pick, pick on the The guy, guy with the newborn. He just had yeah. a newborn. He cut him some slack, Doug. Just no slack here. No slack. But it's uh, velvet. This time of year, bucks are getting like racked out. So everyone's starting to like... All the casuals especially starting to get back in and running their cameras. But it, it, I, I'm feeling that itch. Or I'm getting excited, like who's who's gonna be the one that I'm gonna like put my efforts into. And I imagine you guys are doing that. Like so so when it comes to getting your trail cam photos and deer, how do you keep track of it all? I keep them all in my computer and I've got a, a program in there, Buckview from Reconics. And I keep all every photo. I've kept every rack buck since 07. I mean, I've got them all. So it's a it's a disaster getting in there if you don't know it you know i mean there's yeah. so many bucks and so many pictures and so many farms and whatnot but I, i'd hate to guess how many photos i have it's, I can it's imagine. a lot <laughs> it's a lot so does that program like filter out the does from bucks and um, well i do that as i take them in there right okay. there's probably stuff that's more automated now but i like watching a card i'm still old-fashioned even with the cell cams i want that card when we pull that camera because i want to sit down and watch what happens over a long period of time to watch the daylight to watch the movement and i think you learn how to kill them when you watch a card in yeah. my opinion mm-hmm. and you never know who's lurking in the background <clears throat> never know mm-hmm. who's lurking in the background so images inherently the thumbnails are not as clean you know mm-hmm. and um i just i'm old-fashioned i mean that's how we've been killing them and I, I don't ever want that to stop i always want that card in the moment information is great however historical information to me has proven more effective for me mm-hmm. so i want that history i want that card and and i'm the one that watches them you know i mean yeah 
it's i just got to see that information getting laid down and and what that deer's doing because it's like it's almost like reliving the season in that spot you know yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool i think so let's just stay on that topic for a minute like trail cams and organization and because that ultimately leads you to a lot of decisions you make during the season and i sent you that clip where i was talking about how i overlay the deer cache screenshot yeah my which is awesome photos awesome um which you just need a simple editing phone app to do something simple like that you just basically if you get a trail cam photo of a buck that you might want to kill you know save that photo and then immediately go to deer cast screenshot what's going on in that area weather wise and then overlay it that way when you go back to check you don't have to jump around and figure out when it was i i save every single day's deer cast both in the daily prediction and then in the hourly prediction i just screenshot it every day that way if i need a reference once i do go look at my pictures i've got it and it's so, just dated through your phone automatically yeah it's all dated well, wow. plus the screen's dated as well yeah so. yeah yeah so well, yeah i never thought about that that's a yeah. good, good point then you got them all right yeah. And two or three years from now, you can draw back and go, what was the weather doing exactly that day? You know, when you're yeah. looking at pictures or a history of a deer that was three then and is now five or six, mm, yeah. you can go, what triggered him that day? Why did he daylight on three of my cameras? You know, it's 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 helpful. I mean, that's how we that's how we put the pieces together for deer cast, essentially, is looking at historical weather patterns and why they were moving certain days and why they weren't other days. So. Yeah. No, that's a good tip. Austin, do you do anything like similar to that? I know. I probably being... should. I kind of feel like I'm slacking a little bit after listening to you guys, but I never have. <laughs> I mean, as far as trail camera pictures go, I'll create folders for each farm, and then through the years I keep track of all that. But if it's not a really big, interesting rack buck, the picture gets lost. So. Get, you let it slip through. Yeah, and I don't keep any kind of uh, data as far as the weather goes. So I probably should start doing something like that. It makes sense. It, the other thing it does is it helps burn up your off-season. Like, I'm constantly in my computer like you're having a day where you know you just got the whitetail bug it might be you know june the 10th and you're like i'm thinking about deer you just go get in that computer and start watching folders and you just you learn so much you know it's like the playbook for a quarterback i think you know they study them yeah. you know it's a green notebook from uh water boy yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so, i'm gonna so, have that book <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I dip back into it so many times throughout the year and then come season i'm in it every day it's it's insane how much time yeah spend looking at that thing see okay we were talking out at our bar right here before we jumped in here and you said a few things that made me kind of regret regret a statement you just made it's like you kind of only save the big buck pictures and all the smaller buck pictures that you're not really thinking about because it's a whatever buck and those slip through the cracks well we we're talking about a buck one of us have on trail cam how old do you think it is it's like well look back if you don't know him he could be a younger deer that blew up mm -hmm. But it's like me, I might not have a lot of them small buck yeah, pictures because I'm too lazy to file all of the pictures. Mm -hmm. See yeah. how important the history is, though, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that, every rack buck, keep them. That's what I do. Whoops. If they're racked, so two and a halves or older, you know, and sometimes, you know, maybe it's three and a halves or older that yeah. I'm keeping or whatever. But keep those racked bucks. And you don't have to, you know, you might have a sequence where you got 15 pictures of him. Keep one or two of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've got the event. Mm -hmm. You don't have to keep them all. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we do. Or we'll keep the best photo, you know. Yeah. But if you daylighted, dang sure, boy, when they daylight, those are gold. You know, keep those. Even at like a two-year-old buck, yeah. daylighting up until, yeah. Absolutely. Man. Can tell you where pictures are probably. We're sliding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? it, but I will tell you it is a job. It is yeah. a, It is 
unending hours. But at, truth be told, that's how we're killing a lot of them because okay. of that history and that that um, it's his DNA, his blueprint. It's all you got, right? Yeah. God. I was gonna say. So you're you're seeing similarities between when they're like two and a half to when they're six and a half, like when they're daylighting and daylighting when, home range where okay. they're at on certain dates. That's what I see a lot. Like, oh, he's here again these exact dates you know i've killed a bunch that way like mm. just going back and looking at his history and putting the pieces together and going oh man he daylighted here within a few days four years in a row well oh. where are you going to sit this year you know yeah, right. <laughs> that type of stuff yep, you know yep. yeah and it it really does it's how i killed um um bucktober oh 100 okay. how i killed him yeah jeez oh i feel like i'm a lazy bones yeah not lazy i just like i'm not I don't know. I just, I don't know. Didn't think about it, I guess. Straight. I Just to be honest. I, so, yeah, every buck that daylights now, there's a lot of deer that, you know, two-year-old deer that I just don't add to, like, my favorites folder for the year. And I always make, like, a deer 22, deer 23 folder. And I'm going to start doing that with every rackable buck that's. Yeah, you really need the spot detailed as well. You know, don't put them all in the same. You know, you yeah. want, like, the new farm food plot plus the old farm I don't know you, all your different yeah. names. Make sure you you catalog them that way. Honestly, that that buck view from Reconics is the best program I've seen for it. It's it's insane how well it's laid out. Okay, it's perfect. Well, well dang, that's uh, I, I I just did a, a lazy version of that of kind of what you're saying for organization, but it goes to show you like how important it can be, especially if you're putting effort into passing deer. It, th that program now will allow you to like create a file on a buck and try to you know find out where he's at but i just want all of it in there to where then i can go watch it in fast speed slow speed whatever you can find it real quick and mm -hmm. it's pretty it's pretty amazing hmm. i just get so nervous because i hunt in predominantly public land mm -hmm. so it's like i don't i'm not leaving my cameras up all year round out there and really honing in on certain areas and you know i i put up a camera last year and had it sitting out and was kind of soaking i was super stoked for it then fucking deratio came through and put a, <laughs> put a huge ass oak tree right in front of it. Like, well, there goes that fucking intel. But yeah. the whole year going down the drain. Dude, it fell down like two days after I put it up. That's uh, that sucked. Yeah, that does I'm like, suck. what are the chances, right? Pretty no, good. Pretty good. I guess now, yeah. For a trail cam. When, there's, yeah. when there's a deratio, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. You should go through all the crap that can happen with a cell cam oh, or oh, any yeah. cam. Mm -hmm. Like, it's amazing how many ways they can fail, or it's amazing how many ways they can break your heart. Yeah. Oh, right. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, cold beer never broke my heart. My my trail cam breaks my heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Oh yeah. Battery's dead. Oh, Card yeah. corrupt. You forgot to do something. Yeah. To it, you, know? you hung it upside down hurriedly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> squirrel raccoon. knocks it yeah. off. Raccoon uh -huh. sat on it. You didn't cut that one twig, and yeah, you got a thousand pictures it, of a tail. Oh yeah. Spider web over the lens. Uh, spider. Yeah. <laughs> Fog every morning over yeah. the lens. Yep. The sun. Oh crap! It's pointed west. Yeah. yeah. You put every <laughs> evening is. Nothing but sun out. I mean, <laughs> it's hitting the ground pretty much the whole time. Yeah, yeah dude. There's oh. so many ways to for him to break your heart. Mm. It, it, it. I just had a coyote spin mine <laughs> on the tree. I, it was middle of the day. It was yesterday. It was, it was hotter than hell out, and my camera's going off midday. I'm like, what is going on? And I see like the motion blur, and then it's all pointed at the ground and then coyote running and i'm like <laughs> son of a bitch so anyway i gotta go fix that i'd raccoon turn mine it, upside down it's at my farthest away property yeah the hardest to get to spot it plan on going it back in there until i was gonna sit it and grab that camera. of course it is and so now i gotta go back in there and i've got uh 14 pictures of squirrels this morning on that camera <laughs> eating whatever they're eating yeah so, uh fuck yeah yeah <laughs> hell yeah so 
yeah, they can break your heart, but they're such a great tool. Oh, they're a great but, tool. They're the, a great tool. The, the organization part is a fun topic of conversation. Um, I was going to go somewhere with that, but it slipped my mind. We're thinking about frustrations. I'll see what that damn coyote <laughs> got me again. Um, I don't remember what the hell I was going to bring up. It was good, though. I promise. I have no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. You'll you have to wait till the next episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I know, everyone. Part two. Hold on to your, yeah. to your belt. <laughs> Kurt remembers. <laughs> yeah, Kurt, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, maybe I remember. I don't know what did that to my brain. I think my hard drive's full. Um, <laughs> but it is. But besides oh, yeah. trail camera, like inventory and seeing like who's around, what else is going on right now? Plot prep, you plot know, prep. plot prep, like, and, and the two go hand in hand. Like, so I've already got files built for all the deer that I think could be targets this year. Okay. And we're looking for those deer specifically, the so the biggest, oldest deer. And if they show back up, you know, if they're a deer that we've historically had during the summer, once they show up, that food, that food plot strategy might be A. If he doesn't show back up, you go, well, we might have lost him in the offseason or something. Yeah. Or if he shows back up and he's got a wacky side or something's wrong with him, you know, that happens a lot too, then that's a food plot strategy B. So gotcha. we're trying to get those pictures and then making last minute preparation for what are we planting where you know what rotation did we go through are we going green to green transfer with soybeans to um like a deer radish or are we going a hidden little hidey hole where we cut out part of the cornfield mm -hmm. and if we're going to did we spray the right chemicals to make sure that what we're planting can come up and the residual doesn't take it out so yeah. there's a lot of thought you got to put through based on the plan that you're going after certain individual shooters mm -hmm. so it's just just a lot of it's always a think tank myself wade and perry i mean we're constantly communicating constantly texting constantly you know have a thought boom throw it out there and then that leads to 10 10 other thoughts how many and, arguments arise from that think tank uh not really too many you really? know we're generally on the same page we don't we don't i don't think we are wade and perry argue back and forth <laughs> I, do I don't argue with them i mean <laughs> you, you guys argue we're gonna do this yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no matter what you're arguing about because this is what we're doing <laughs> yeah they argue but i don't argue yeah okay so, mark when you see a deer like that and you're building a plot for that specific deer a lot of time are you just trying to like put in a food source that you've had years prior that you know he prefers or do you look at him and say man this deer is like we see him more in december so we're gonna put a food source that's more preferable late season what are you looking at when you see a buck like that yeah exactly like so you look at the buck and look what you've seen him eating a lot before and when is he on you you know and that answers your question right there is this a buck that i only had in october like wade's deer last year that he killed that deer left october 11th 12th or 13th every year that we had him. Mm -hmm. Wade killed him at age six last year, if I'm not mistaken. And when he was four and five, he'd leave early October. So we're like, the number one place we get him is in this bottom field up on that ridge. The best thing to kill him over would be deer radishes in early October, because yep. that's when we got him. Mm -hmm. And that's what we planted in both places. And he encountered him in one and killed him in another. Mm -hmm. And it was October that was right up against the date when he normally leaves. So it was it, the plan worked, you know. Yep. So makes you know, a you great example yeah. of what you're asking. It makes a lot yeah. of sense if you're building a plot for a specific deer. Look at the history of that history. deer and what they've been doing and build the food for them them yeah this yeah. is all tying in to that to that history and that yeah that process and that's that off-season 
putting it together. It's also that deer looked like a normal eight point. And all of a sudden last year we got his picture and he had blown up. You know, he went from 150, 152 inches to 188 in one year. Jeez. It, yeah. That's the just a that. standard eight point blew up. Yeah. And we were like, whoa number one shooter we gotta we gotta change the plan here boys and we yeah. did as soon as we got his picture we're like what is he doing plus he leaves and we knew all that because of that history so right right it was i don't know it's kind of kind of like maybe the uh offensive coordinator that's up in the booth watching over everything <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we got to adjust to the defense or whatever and that's kind of what you're doing is just adjusting to try and optimize your chances of, of killing a deer yeah that's, that's a great analogy next, next level really stuff good. right there i really want to see that buck that wade killed because it reminds me of my dad's buck we call the guyer buck yeah for just sure a big like mainframe eight with some junk and stuff yeah it's just that's what that deer i, I like <laughs> that deer so much because of that reason so i mean to bring the guyer buck and Next time I come out, I'll bring it with and see if he can bring that deer and sure. kind of just mm-hmm. put them next to each other. You know what I mean? So the, the other cool thing about that deer was we we were we were racing a clock, right? Yeah. The sand was going through the hourglass because we knew he was going to leave, or at least we felt like we did. So yeah. we were taking chances on wind direction. I remember that. Oh. that you yeah. know, like got to push it a little bit here because he's about to leave. Just to know? get your hunt in on him. Just to take your shot you know yeah yeah take your shot if if that was a homeboy zero chance he hunts either of those spots the two night the night he saw him and the night he killed him yeah, yeah. zero chance if he's a deer that's there the whole fall we're like no the wind's wind's pushing it no we're not going in not worth risking no we wait for it. perfect wind perfect conditions on a, on a homeboy but a deer that's leaving better get in there that's, you know that makes it mm-hmm. like pretty exciting like it's like a high tense like situation or high risk yeah, like, oh, yeah. like high risk like, yeah they're diffusing diffusing the bomb the fucking yeah clock's ticking it's down ticking you're i'm going with the red wire <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, it worked yeah yeah exactly that's what it is okay this is something that i think we're going through our crew deer and velvet right now you know the iowa boys are getting all their giants on camera we don't have any trail cam pictures and when the buck loses his velvet things change the brain cells develop. The brain cells develop. <laughs> Jerry Shively, Montana. He told me that back in the 90s. That's so good. When the velvet comes off, the brain cells develop. <laughs> I never forgot that. He said that, and I paused, and I was like, that's good. That and is- I've used it ever since, but I give him credit every time I say it. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, they, they go from one of the boys, they're all bachelored up, just broing it up, to just oh yeah, critical thinking. Critical. <laughs> this is my house now. <laughs> yeah. They go from spitting and throwing rocks like frat party to... Uh, their job they just started a job yep. <laughs> yeah okay so how many of the deer that you kind of have in your like scope of like your you know of uh whatever you say pattern ability how much of how many of those deer will completely just like 180 their movement or change it up to where you're like oh what happened no most of them most i mean they all do yeah, yeah. so and there's certain deer like I get their pictures and he's a giant and I'll look at him and go, we're not going to kill that deer. Cause I know that he leaves before the season or I know that he never daylights on me. He's always at night. Now there's always a chance. Yeah. But there's certain deer where I go, he's dead, you know, just cause the history is daylight and he's here a lot and he comes past this stand, that type of stuff. So yeah, there's certain deer where we're like, we're killing him. And there's other deer we're like, Hmm, it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be tough. It's always exciting. And again, it goes back to that history, you know? Right. Yeah. You kind of, that's really just all where it stems from. So it's just like, it really, if you want to be consistent or have a pattern, you just need to get more meticulous in your, like, your. 
And more cameras, more pictures, more history, more studying of them. But I'm telling you, it is a time-consuming. I'd hate to guess how many hours I've spent looking at that computer. I would hate to guess. I mean, it it is an insane amount of time. But that's fun though, too. Like you, it's a lot of work, but you enjoy it. Yeah, it's got to feel good though when it all comes together. When it comes together, it does. But I've I've reached a period where I almost dread sitting down to it. I've looked at it so much, like I have burnt myself out just a little bit. Like Mm. it's a little. It's a little over the top. I've got 200 plus cameras across the three states. And, Holy you fuck. know, I look at a million <laughs> yeah, and a half. A to, I thought Jeez. 20 was a lot. <laughs> uh, I got I, four. <laughs> I look God. at a million and a half to two million photos, many of them twice, because we see the cell reports come in. Then at the end of the season, I will look at them all again. So Jeez. it's, it's you know, it's a million and a half, two million photos a year. Plus, I'd hate to guess how many times I'm looking at ones that are already in the computer. I'm not guess. I'm not even counting those those you know looks so yeah it did it did burn me out i bet it did yeah That's i mean you do that you need to hire a guy just to do that well but then you wouldn't have the information though yeah right? yeah and right. plus people don't understand the code yeah, yeah. So you're, oh, yeah, yeah. you're downloading it to the wrong hard drive dude oh yeah so it's why you can do <laughs> my hard drive that's why it'll never, never be mark jury oh yeah you're right my it's, bad i'll just give you what you need mark it's how, it's how we kill him and terry's the same way he's very analytical with his pictures as well so yeah that's how we're killing him well, you know, it does make, of course, right? You know, anyone you talk to that's like a consistent big buck killer, they kind of, things are laid out and they're on top of it for the most part. Whether it's that detailed or not, you know, it's, the details are there and the commitment is there and the motivation's there. Kind of like what we talked with Stan. It's And we've talked about it before. It's like, this is a funny joke I like to make about it, but normally you meet a big buck killer and you hang around him. Normally he's on top of the ball. He's he's doing good in his career, things in life. His wife's normally attractive or really cool. <laughs> like it's like, and that's it's a pattern, man. Like it just is. But you're like, all right, it makes sense that you are on top of the big butt killing because you kind of are in control of situations in your life as much as you can be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Maybe without being too uh, crude. Mm-hmm. With my weird statement I just made there, but you kill big bucks, you got a hot wife, probably. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what I took out of that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. that's all I gathered. Essentially, I could have just said that and cut out all the rigmarole. <laughs> if you're smart enough to figure out all the hard things in life, when you whitetail hunt, you've probably figured out a thing or two in that game too. Yeah. Thank you, Austin. There you go. That's what I meant to say. You can figure out a hot. <laughs> you chick. got you your shit together, your... right? You got yeah, your you shit, get your shit together. together. Excuse me, yeah. your boy's eating healthy, and my brain and body is uh-huh. not. I'm a little cloudy, okay? It's, I'm working on clearing it up. You haven't acclimated yet. I haven't acclimated. My body's like, oh, what is this? Oh, oh I, don't like, I don't like oh. this. Yeah, I don't like this. Put some grease in here. <laughs> yeah, that's what my body's going through. Okay, so going in, we're talking about the inventory is like, that's such a big thing. We could do a bunch of podcasts on that, but everything's coming back to basically categorizing your inventory and paying it's, attention to it. Yeah, inventory, I always term summer pictures as inventory you know like who's here who's alive you know who grew who who went backwards that type of stuff but then it's really about the data that you're laying down in the moment once the season starts so summer to me is inventory the rest is all just history and data and you know yeah. that's that's how you, you kill them it all, it all adds up so okay then it's kind of like um in it, to me, I always say it's like analytics in baseball. It's like Moneyball. You know, I don't know if you ever watched that movie. Right when the A's were the first ones to start, everything was analytically driven. You know, if you know you, if you throw a cutter to 
this batter in a three-two count, low and outside, he's going to swing seventy mm-hmm. percent of the time, right? So a numbers game. It's a numbers game. So you're trying to increase your odds of having success on any single hunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we try to do is optimize. Like if we're going in, we better have a plan, you know. And if we don't have a plan, let's not go in at all. So yeah, there's a there's a strategy and a structure to every move we make every single day, every morning, every evening, whether it be access or the stand or anything else. And it's all based on history and data, whether it be in the moment through a cell cam report or whether it be something historical or the combination of the two. Hmm. I love that because I feel like so many people just think you're just going hunting. Well, and people who know know better, right? Like people who are dedicated more of their time and experience and and learning know better. But I think blanket term, the majority might just think you're going out and seeing the deer you're seeing just because you have the farm. Yeah, and it may appear that way. Some of that might be our you know own fault because we're. But it's hard to portray on video four hours of looking for pictures <laughs> yeah. in a computer in my bedroom with falling asleep with the screen hitting me <laughs> yeah, in the in, bed. In yeah. your underwear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I can't tell you how many times that screen has gashed me right here because <laughs> I got it on a pillow and I'm looking and dozing off because you're tired. Bam, wake me up. Oh, man, okay, back to it. You know, But yeah. it, you can't portray that stuff in video. So we try to show the whole stories, but sometimes it's tough. But, you know, it's... Uh, Boy, it's so important. Well, let's be honest. Most of those people that are going to say that are only going to watch the shot or just that. They're not going to. I mean, I'm sure most people do follow the season, but the people who are going first people to make those comments didn't watch all the extra stuff Mm -hmm. and just saw the convenient part for them to make a a shitty comment. But well, I mean, people make shitty comments on our stuff. Turns (laughs) out you're kidding. Turns out, Mark, (laughs) I hate. I don't know if you've been on the internet lately. Maybe that's why I don't read the comments. (laughs) You don't read them? I do, of course. Of course, I do. I'm joking. It's tongue in cheek. This is a great time to tell a quick story. Nick Morris is in here. Uh, I love that guy. Yeah, Nick's great. He's I, awesome. Him and I are like cut from the same cloth. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I have in common with him. He came in here to do do a Deercast podcast. He just showed up. He's like committed. If we're doing one, I'm coming to you, man. We're gonna hang out, and I'm gonna sit with you face to face. We're gonna record. I'm like, that's pretty cool. So we drink like oh, yeah. seven beers on accident. I'm like, hey, we should probably go record a podcast, huh? And lo- I just love that guy. And uh, and he said that you had to say something to him about getting in the comments and commenting back. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's <laughs> such a team player. And yeah. He's the bulldog. All of a sudden, our social teams, they're like, who is this Nick guy? He's just ra- railing on every <laughs> negative comment. And we're like, huh. So we start looking at it, and I think somebody goes, I think that could be Nick Morris. You know, So <laughs> I call him. I go, Nick, are you? Have you been on YouTube lately this week? Yeah, those no good, you know. <laughs> he goes, I get tired of them people saying that crap. They don't know, blah, blah, blah. We're like, man, calm, calm, I love it. Tone it down a little bit, yeah, man. Bring it back. You bring know? it back. That's I love hilarious. Because it. it's just like his attitude. It's just like he's ride or die for the people he loves. Absolutely. Well, he was letting them have it, man. I believe it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Same guy through every post, every negative you? comment, <laughs> he'd go hammer them. I know? love it. Yeah, he told me that. <laughs> Team and after, player. After, you know, I hung out with him at your place a couple of times actually like spending one-on-one time with him I'm like yeah you're, you're one of the boys mm-hmm. you know he's one of the boys and his wife's the same way he and drew are just two of our favorite people they're wonderful they're great i i love them both man i did he tell you how we met uh yeah you guys were neighbors no well yes we were neighbors but he bought a farm for me like i had bought oh, this yeah, he bought a, okay yeah i i had bought a farm and we hunted it that fall 
And it was great. There were big deer on it. But geographically, it was a little bit too far. We weren't going there very much. Plus, it was a pain in the rear to get all the equipment there, get it planted and whatnot. And I was like, this is probably not the smartest farm purchase I've ever made. And it was 120 acres. It wasn't a big farm, but the whole thing was timber. And we built two new plots in it. We did a big piece on it on, on YouTube, and it did well. We killed a deer there. I think a Wade's wife, Kyle, killed a deer there that fall. But that spring, I think it was like February, March, uh, a buddy of mine said, hey, there's a guy asking about the farm you bought at the lumber yard. Here's his number. Call him. Mm-hmm. So I called him, and um, I said, hey, a uh, buddy of mine said, you want to talk to me about that farm? And in five minutes, he, he said, I'm, I'm buying it from you. If you'll sell it. I said, I'll sell it. He goes, how much you want? I said, what I'd take. I said, but I really love the turkey on it. He goes, you can turkey on it all you want, and you can turkey up my place if you want. This is all in five minutes. We don't have a deal. Okay. It? Yeah. He goes, but you really need to come over and have breakfast with me and my wife sometime. So I went and had breakfast with he and Drew, and we didn't write a contract. We shook hands the way it ought to be, honestly. The way it ought to be, yeah. She cooked breakfast, and we've just been very close friends ever since, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's Dude, awesome. He's, he is a very he, – They're going on the cruise, too. <laughs> well, I'll talk to my wife, Mark. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You want to just call my wife directly and just be like, "Hey, yeah, Sam, call, after this, we'll, yeah. you should call her." Well, just do it, <laughs> on, the, right just do it on the podcast. Yeah. Then she can't turn I, you down. I don't oh, need that. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that. You asshole! <laughs> yeah, yeah. you did this. I don't need that. My wife is. She gets it. But yeah. uh, no, I do love them. I, I had to take They're that great. that negative comment moment. Nick's one of the boys. Like he could. He's the long lost host of WCB. Like he could just walk. And in boy, here. what a what a great outdoorsman he is. Comes from the southeast. What a great parents they are to their their children and family man. And what a fisherman he is. I don't know if you got into fishing or not, but that that dude could be on tour. We're gonna get him on our fishing podcast. Good. Some of his buddies. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I love that guy. Um, well, we're oh one thing I wanted to get to this. Um, shout out to Nick if you if you'll hear this. Hopefully, I think he will. Um, his wife will at least because she's so she manages. Basically, if you want to get to Nick, you have to get through his wife because he doesn't do the, he doesn't do the internet. Is, no, he doesn't. Which is great, unless he's going to make YouTube hate comments. comments on yeah. I was going to say, is yeah. it because he chewed his ass or something? And he's like, fine, fuck the he's, internet. He's busy, you know, he's, a lot of times. <laughs> Yesterday, we had a team meeting with all the Drew Outdoors team members. And uh-huh. I noticed it was Drew on and not Nicker <laughs> oh, yeah. or Mason. So I was like, Hell yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah, I, I, Dude, he's a cool dude. He's a dying breed of human. Like it's just he is. If you go out with them, if someone's gonna cause trouble, you want Nick with you. Yeah, like he's gonna take. Everybody's gonna be fine. Um, yeah. All right. Shout out to Nick and his wife. Let's talk about this. You mentioned <laughs> something green to green transfer, and we kind of got into that transition when the velvet comes off. What changes? And green to green transfer is something I didn't pay attention to really until like the last four years, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we probably talked about it before with you on a podcast, but I think it's worth bringing it up again because that's one of the next steps, really, after October 1st, when you say, like coming in like the big... Sure, September 15th in Missouri, but it really occurs in and around the 25th of September, plus or minus a few days, depending on when a bean field was put in. But so many bucks here in the Midwest and throughout the country are on those beans all summer, particularly in August and into September. And then all of a sudden, they start to turn, and then they defoliate, and they go from so palatable to nothing. Well, those deer still are, are you know, desiring that green food source, so they might shift alfalfa, they could shift to clover, 
Or maybe they shift to a giant greenfield that you've planted, and if you get lucky and get rain, it comes up and it's real palatable. About the time those those leaves defoliate and fall off, and then you got this giant radish field sitting there. I mean, they're they're in trouble. <laughs> It'll be all over. They're it. in trouble. I lo- I love that, and I know there's so much we've talked about together between you know WCB and Jury, but that's another thing is like just the hunting terminology you guys have crowned. That was one we crowned for sure. For sure, for 100%. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sweet November, we go on, go on and on. We crowned that one. Raging, rage in the cage. Yes, without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> oh, Jake, Jake Jake you guys? Band, that was ours, hundred oh, percent. You didn't know that? No. Rage in the no, cage. I didn't know that. I just that goes that was... back to when I was in high school. Jay Giles band. That was their song. It was a very popular song, and and um, we started shooting rage from day one. And I said it the first year. I was like, rage in the cage, baby. Makes sense. <laughs> All because of Jay Giles band. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's a, badass. Yeah, that's, that's a million dollar saying. Oh yeah, for line. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I mean, geez, rage has to be like, thank you, Mark, for that. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, yeah. oh, everybody knows rage. God that dang. is true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, if that's, someone's shooting rage, do you like, know yeah. the song? No, I don't. You got, you'll have to look it up. Okay. It's a badass song. I, I was like, I wish I could play. I'll go listen to it. Yeah. If I'd play it, we'd get yeah. pinged. You'd get in trouble. Yeah, yeah get in trouble. Damn internet. We need yeah. that uh, Joe Rogan contract so we can play whatever well, we want. But It'll probably sound better on the sound system out there anyways. Yeah, we'll play yeah, it. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just, yeah. this. But you guys have basically taken a very important uh, I guess, transitions or um, times in the hunting season. I don't Phases. Let's there just go. go with that. Yeah, the phases. Yeah. And you guys have mm-hmm. basically structured it in to where, like, the average person that hasn't put the time in that you guys have and kind of makes it more understandable. That's how we laid deer cast out, too, you yep. know, to try and help people understand it a little bit better. You know, we didn't want deer cast to just be a predictive model. We wanted it to teach. Yeah. And if you really dive in deeper than the, the daily prediction and you go into all the videos and all the explanations, it really is a teaching app to where it will help you understand why we're calling this phase you know five or phase seven and why the deer are acting differently today than they did a week ago you know and we give those explanations in there and it's 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 a it's a great way to to learn more about the species and the resource well i'll I'll say for um for i know we were talking about outside too my first year bow hunting i didn't know if i was gonna love bow hunting or not so i didn't do it it's for felons yeah Yeah, bow hunts for felons and um (laughs) i'm not a felon so i'm like hey but not for me. <laughs> my first year bow hunting, my buddy talked me into going out. So we went out, and I didn't know if I'd like it. So I didn't put any effort into learning anything. So I went out and I shot a buck. I'm like, okay, that was pretty fucking sweet. Then uh, the next, I, <laughs> I thought I cussed a lot. Jacob cusses a lot. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll tone it. I'll tone it down. But uh, no, so I thought it was pretty cool. And um, the next year, I started watching like 13, and that's when I got deer cast. And sweet. I'll tell you what, that was watching all of the 13 episodes and going back on deer cast and trying to apply some of that stuff because like i said i hunt pretty much public land but even being mostly public land and some permission pieces like that all the knowledge on there has helped me out like exponentially it's awesome brother insane awesome so, that is yeah, great awesome. to hear yep i just want to throw that out there thank well, you it is a bummer yeah. i mean we're biased a little but we believe in deer cast it's a bummer when you talk to someone and they don't have it but like they're also asking you questions that would easily be it's answered just that right there. It's like, man, you really need to check this out. You know what I mean? It's like, then it's that, that I don't want that to sound salesy, but like we use it. Well, do yourself a favor and try it. You know. Well, that too. It's like we've also been preaching right in the day and age of right now, where everything sucks on social media. 
hunters are getting demonetized. You can't post anything. You can't communicate with like-minded people. That's you can do that on DeerCast. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we got the newsfeed in there as well. You know, right? There's a place where you can go say what you want and you know talk about how you feel, and nobody's gonna you know censor it. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there for for us hunters. It's a big deal. It's it's going to become more and more of a big deal as things go on. I think I thought our TikTok got deleted the other day. Uh, I went on. Everything we, was we deleted zero. our own. I, I finally I got tired of that. Yeah, because I, I tried to tag you guys a couple of stuff. I'm like, oh, after Taylor's debacle. Yeah, because Taylor got demonetized. Taylor's debacle. Then we were actually we did a piece on shed hunting, and they got us for you know cruel what? whatever to animals. Yeah, we were carrying the sheds, sheds, so they thought we had you know ripped them off or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what they thought, but they flagged us on that. I t- that, that one. I said just. Pull the whole damn thing. I uh-huh. said, I want off this app as quickly as we can get off the app. My guy. Yeah, it's crazy. I, yeah. Being smart. idiotic. It's yeah. stupid. Being it's the dumb. being gun stuff, it's been tough. Well, <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, it's been everything's censoring guns. Well, yeah. yeah. What, yeah we we won't really Deercast. Yeah. Come, come right in there, buddy. I promise you no, we I won't will. censor you. I yeah, will. we're going to get Victory Drive somehow, and that anything we can do to get Victory Drive involved, Deercast would be awesome. Yeah, yeah come that, on. That would be awesome because, I mean, I put up we put up a TikTok when, when I first started doing Victory Drive, and my account got shut down for like 30 days. <laughs> it was just me shooting in, in the backyard like, hey, cool. Actually, it was probably because I was shooting suppressors, but yeah they're like oh nope 30-day ban like, yeah oh, but tiktok is crazy chinese ran they don't yeah. know what any of that is but even with instagram it's like i mean it they talk about being shadow banned and, it was a like, gun in general taylor had an encounter with an elk and there was a really screaming bull a big one and one part of the screen her bow creeps into it and they demonetized her kicked her off the app because that bow was in there what so, and it, wow. it was at 21 million views in like a month Oh my, oh my gosh! gosh. Mm-hmm. I can imagine what that made. You know, just being monetized. Well, it, it, she was up to several thousand dollars, but she didn't get any of it. No, they, robbed, wow. they pulled. They just pulled it. They pulled it and then pulled the money. Yeah. Right? So. Oh yeah. They probably pulled it for the money wise. Oh uh, no, they're just. Yeah. Uh, I've seen. Get off TikTok. Get off. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's, it's crazy. The stuff you see on TikTok, <laughs> but yeah. a bow gets in there and like, oh nope nope. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Those it, aren't our people. They're yeah. not no, our they're people. Not. Deercast is our people. So. I say, I'm spending yeah. more and more time on Deercast. I will say on Deercast, so it's, it's crazy. Awesome. Um, you'd be hunting, you know, 10, 15 years. Then you go on Deercast and you learn something new. It's just like, uh, it blows your mind. That's well, awesome. Well, it lays it out for you. Yeah. So it's simple and yeah. Well, I like about it. I'm, I feel like I'm fairly indecisive and it helps me stick to a game plan. Because, you know, you look at the forecast and you're looking at wind and you're like, okay, this boxes this out. Okay, make your game. Pl- I, it just helps me stick to what I probably should be doing anyway, even though I'm like questioning my own brain. It's, I can kind of use that as like. Could be your hunting buddy. My hunting buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You, you know, know one of those days where like you're. <laughs> You're looking for a reason not to go hunt because uh, you're just having a bad day or something. And then, like, dear guys, like, no, you need to get out. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know it's what you mean. great. Dang. Well, it's also a good way to get out Fantastic. of like things you don't want to do anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, Deercast yeah. can be your tool. Like, some guy that doesn't hunt invites you to his wedding and it's November 5th, and you're just like, send him a screenshot. Sorry, you don't have Deercast. <laughs> Should have downloaded Deercast, you know. I mean, that happened to me last year. That's when I killed that buck. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. 
And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, yeah. Skipped out on something. That, October 8th. Yeah. Me too. Yep. I killed mine on the 8th as well because of Deercast. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Went out there because of that, and I skipped something that was mildly important. And I'm like, well, sorry. But it wasn't that important. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to travel far ways to get there. So I'm like, I really don't want to do that. I'm well, going to head south. Last October was interesting because we had more cold fronts than I can remember for a while in October. That there, mm-hmm. c- Cold October winds are rough on whitetails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did a chapter in our book. I don't know when we wrote that book, 20-plus years ago, and one of the chapters was a cold October wind, and we talked about mm. how magical those cold, because they're rare, right? Yeah. You know, you, But when you get a really cold October, they're all dead. I mean, they're in trouble because they're on food heavy, and they're starting to think about does. They're not with the does yet, and cold weather daylights them. I mean, that's that's a killer. Do not miss cold October winds. What what would be like a significant enough change where you're like, that's that's the move right there? I always look at daytime average for a high. And if the average high is, call it 64, and you start getting 10, 12, 15 degrees off that normal average high, you're going to start seeing some deer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you get a big, you know, 15, 20 degree drop from – Wednesday to Friday, and it's dropping through Thursday, and the, yeah. the barometer's starting to rise. Thursday, Friday, Saturday are all going to be good. And that's the other thing. Like when you get a cold front in October, you'll get a string of days that are good. It's not just you know one or the two. day. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That I feel like that's something that I picked up big time from you guys and Deercast is like capitalizing on October cold fronts, um, and that's what I've done the last well successfully the last. Uh, three four years you've been on a roll i've been on october roll on those cold fronts you know time to kill them man yeah yeah i mean uh, it it never used to be on my brain for that because i really because i wasn't on the ball like i should have been or my experience hadn't got me to that point so yeah i don't know if it's my fault or just whatever but um you know october 8th we both killed Mm -hmm. um just that was wild looking at the weather that's a really cold evening too oh it was a wonderful evening yeah for that like wasn't like almost 70 and then it just dropped it like dropped. 15 20, yeah. 20 degrees mm-hmm. yeah and my mm-hmm. biggest buck um i texted you after i shot him mark uh in 21 i killed him on like the 20th or 21st it was another big cold front um just it just worked out how it should have mm-hmm. um will you hunt mornings on those cold fronts in october or you stick to afternoon? on those high pressure ones if i'm on a particular shooter and i feel like i know where he's bedding 
then yes. But if I'm on an afternoon strategy for a deer, I probably won't go hunting because I don't want to disturb his bedroom. So it really depends on the deer and the situation and what the weather's like. Like, yeah, uh, you know, if you want some of the best movement of the whole year, the first morning that the wind's steady out of the north with speed, like the cold morning, like it's getting here that day. Yeah. You know, that morning they're going to move. Just about mm. every deer in the herd will move that morning. Okay. But you got to have a, you know, the right wind and the right access. And I'm not talking about a light little front where it drops two or three degrees. I'm talking about a 15 degree drop and that wind's galing out of the northwest. You think, man, it's a little windy this morning. Man, they're moving. Significant. And, and they'll be on acorns if you've got an acorn crop get in on them you'll kill them okay that's a big tip right there oh yeah, yeah. that's an awesome something tip you there. mentioned because you know, they're not gonna be on your food plot they're gonna be in cover mm-hmm. but they're moving like crazy right no kidding right yeah Ooh, that's a good one i never even thought about that never that's... miss the first north wind of a major front in the month of october regardless of date provided you've got a good place to go you know mm-hmm. right yeah that fits that mm-hmm. um you mentioned something we were talking to stan about a uh, the day you've killed, it was been a south southeast wind. November 9th. November 9th. What do you think it is with that wind? Like, or is you it just know, the spot? If you, if you watch a cold front come through, and then I always talk about the first south after a period of north, yep. it's oftentimes, especially if it's high pressure, it will come out of the south to south southeast. And if you get that morning where it's pressure above 30, call it 30.15 to 30.3, high pressure, frost, and it's calm at first, and then the wind starts getting up, and, and that's that's the period of the day that the earth, the thermals are rising, and then the warm warm wind is starting to warm things up, every deer in the herd's on their feet, you know? Mm-hmm. 8, 7.30 to 10 o'clock, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do you have any idea like why, I guess? I know you're not a deer, but... it's pretty close my personal feeling is i think it's similar to us that high pressure day you're in Uh a good mood you're smiling you got a skip in your step you feel good you've been in the cold you've been a little cold when you go outside and all of a sudden oh i don't need that jacket anymore Mm. you feel a little bit better i think it's mammals and they just feel better everything's moving that's true yeah even the birds and everything everything's moving such a good way to picture that because we know those days <laughs> yeah and you go out and you're like nice yeah it's a beautiful you know? day and sometimes those cold front days like they all move but it's straight line to the food and that's all they do mm-hmm. those warm days are much more likely to lollygag and browse and go yeah. this way and go that way whereas those cold front days i, I need the urge to feed survival yeah. right yeah you know then the day that they feel good that high pressure south wind they're just walking because they feel good. Mm-hmm. Watch. Uh, Where's the party at? Playing hopscotch. <laughs> yeah. I, I live in West Des Moines, not during the season, but you can just about tell how many people are going to be walking on the trails mm. based on the weather. Yep. Makes you sense. That, how many people are out hiking when all the granolas are out the deer are moving? <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> <understand. laughs> You've seen a bunch of Subarus get out in the stand. <laughs> I, I always hear the old time farmer reference if the cattle are up feeding. The deer will be up feeding. Have you ever like? Put oh. I tried to watch that. My grandpa used to talk about that. And, and one thing's for sure, like if it's a cold front and they're all feeding them in the evening, chances are a deer going to be as well. But yeah, other than that, it's a bit random. Yeah, I, I always try to look. It's like they're they're in that. They're not going anywhere. They're in that pasture. They're bored. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> right. I'm like this doesn't apply. But it's one of those old farmer things. 
sure but i think that in the midwest you hear often yeah you but if you watch cattle on big cold fronts they'll all be vocal they're all up you know feeding and stuff and it generally coincides with deer movement as well yeah do you find that deer are more like can you call to them easier on those cold front stuff too absolutely because they're more likely to come if they're in a good mood and they're up walking already <laughs> hey, those are the days there? to call okay yeah big time mm-hmm. yeah your calling's gonna gonna increase we talk about that in 13 and in, in deer cast on those great days your chances are much better of seeing a deer ready to respond because he's in the right mm-hmm. mood to do so well, i mean they got in the so on the cold front days versus like the warm front days it, it, it'll vary on deer okay. like that big old deer he's already thinking about those does mm-hmm. he could come into a to a call but like a year and a half old or a two-year-old scared to death going out there to eat chilly cold they're going to have a different response to it than a big mature buck sure okay They're just different when they get mm-hmm. to five six seven years old they, they act different they walk different they do things differently than every other deer in the herd yeah that makes sense i feel like hunting when you break it down like this uh like personality type to the age of the deer and stuff like that it's easy to like get it to a point where i think blanket term if you're inexperienced you can just say oh there's a deer i'm just going to call at it and you call and call and it doesn't command or whatever you think just deer are deer and they're going to react but when you think about it deeper in a general sense, they're not so different than like how humans or mammals would react, you know, like Mm -hmm. dogs, humans, like I've always heard that comparison, like the older a buck gets, you can kind of compare him to an old dog where they kind of get, you know, they're a little lazy. They, they lay down, they'll get up on the porch and get their water and food and lay back down. But it's like, when you really like generalize it and break it down, it's, it's not that complicated, it's not. But we make it more complicated. <laughs> we do. We really do. <laughs> nice. I mean, thank God, because otherwise it, it wouldn't be as fun, first off. No, it wouldn't be. But you, you're on to something there, because if you watch if you watch 13 and you go through the different phases, we kind of break down like what they're doing in each phase. And then if you couple that with the weather, you can have a very good strategy going out. You know, couple, you know, the maps with the weather with the 13 different phases, you can have a pretty good strategy to go kill anywhere throughout the season. And it, it's, I think people, they underestimate the deer, but then they overcomplicate the process. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But man, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's, it is all fun. Because I do it every year. Like I try to, I get excited. That's why. You know, like I feel like I'm so excited that I will cloudy my simplistic game plans into being you guys know that meme from it's always sunny in philadelphia where charlie's got the white white rings and he's like pulling his hair out (laughs) i kind of end up going from how i'm being right now i'm like it's not that complicated and then here it is middle october and i'm look like charlie on the whiteboard yeah Yeah, well yeah and 170 inch white tail make you think things through a little bit more you know you're always analyzing and like man you don't want to mess that up so it makes you think a little deeper i I think it's because um humans we are obviously changing drastically very quickly where we are getting away from instincts and more towards analytics where too much critical thinking to a point deer are still deer and turkeys and every other wild animal out there they're still running on pure instincts where we look at that and like man how amazing that's so wild and complicated but in reality it's just they're running their instincts that they've evolved to adapt and we're generally like as humans are converting more to being like like 
walking computers where we're super analytical about everything and we kind of lose our instincts. I don't know. Well, it goes into like what Nick's comment when we had Nick in the studio. He said, sometimes you just don't worry about it. Just go hunt and see what happens. Mm-hmm. There's a beauty in that a little bit. There is a beauty in that, certainly. But to your point, they're going by their instincts. What's changing their instinctual drive or their instinctive movement on any given day? It's generally the weather, mm-hmm. right? So yep. if you use your analytics to anticipate those weather fronts and what they'd be doing that time of the year because of the weather – then you can take advantage of that. So right. the combination of the two, really, it's really everything put together mm-hmm. is, it creates consistent success. Yeah, because instincts is like here and now. Mm-hmm. The analytics is what's going to be soon. You're like almost trying to tell the future a little bit. So based on based history, on history exactly. Yeah, here we are yeah. back to that. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, that, it's what it is. It's, it's legit. It is legit. Okay, Mark, let's. We kind of beat in this uh, kind of a methodical conversation. I'll talk kind of methodical, but then bringing it back down to like just what's going on. Um, We talked a little bit with Stan too, and there were some questions we were asking Stan that I was curious what your answers would be. Like we talked to Stan about he has gross, he has five gross 200 inch bucks, which is insane. (laughs) And I Stan love the man. Oh, Stan the man. Oh, yeah. And I just love the way he like talked about it. And then I asked him, like, what are some goals? Like, okay, you've done that. You have this big accomplished list of the whitetail hunting. His next was, I'd like to kill a buck. Uh, my six two hundred from the ground would be like the <laughs> oh, one yeah. thing. And I know, Mark, I asked you that kind of, and you said, you know, take getting new people into hunting. But besides that, like, is there something that you haven't done, like for yourself, uh, like? Ch- uh, checking the box um not necessarily man i just enjoy i think as i age i'm a lot more reflective of the moment and the situation and who i'm with and it's as much about the moment and the time and you know watching everybody succeed i i love that you know? yeah yeah and that's you know and I, I that's probably not the answer you're looking for but that's the honest answer well i know how to morph it to i think get the answer i want and i do love that answer <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so dumb and aggressive right yeah. so, sorry mark i'm gonna get what i want out of you try again mark yeah. <laughs> try again okay take me back before like go back in mark jury's growth as a a big giant buck killer what was one of those goals that you ended up checking that box through your career? Certainly to kill a Pope and Young deer was a big deal to me back when I was young. Yeah. I killed my first Pope and Young in the state of Iowa. Terry was filming me. And then I wanted to kill one that grossed Boone. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to kill one that grossed 200, you know? So Yeah. Was that when you had a mustache? Yeah. I've always had a mustache. I'll say, when are you bringing <laughs> that back? Yeah. He still got one. I still well, got he one. Added, just added, no, added yeah. a gray goatee to it. Well, <laughs> where's your goatee, Doug? Yeah. I'm, I'm selling the Mark Dury mustache stage. <laughs> That's the evolution. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get, get, get up to evolution. that point. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you know, sure, I'd, I'd love to kill a deer that was over 250 inches, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, right. truth be told, well, who, who wouldn't know, right? Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Who wouldn't? But is that realistic? Probably not, you know. That's yeah. not realistic. I know. I forced, I That'd forced you into giving That'd be a freaking lottery ticket to have one. It'd be insane. That but big to hunt. It could, but it's not overly likely. Yeah. Because wh- how many gross 200s do you have? I've killed four. See, that's incredible, man. 
See, and I know it's not always about that. I, I think that's just it's fun not. conversation. And I almost felt guilty when I brought it up to Stan because I was like, ah, that just seems like a greedy type question to ask. But it gets brought up in that when we always get into those fun, mm-hmm. unanswerable debates of the whitetail goats. And it's like, it always goes to a 200 inch deer. Like, Ross has three 200 inch yeah. deer and he's our age and he, he's averaging one every five years. And we're like, man, is he going to keep on this roll? It's just cool, you know? No, it's awesome. Well, 200 years is fascinating. He may never kill another one, though. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. it's just weird. You know, you just yeah. never know. I went a long time and didn't kill one. Yeah. Wow. Well, the crazy thing cool, about though. that is it takes so much to make a 200-inch deer. It's a miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle. Yeah. So many things have to go into oh, um, making that deer. Well, so we were talking one in 250,000 Yeah, what is, the, what is the average, you know? Is it one in a million? Is it one in 100,000? If you added all the deer in the entire country, it might be a one in a million, you know? It yeah. probably isn't, mm-hmm. but just in the Midwest, which is where the bulk of them come out of. Yeah. Not that they can't come out of other states, but they're a touch more likely here because of the dirt and because of the the age structure and whatnot. Is it one out of 50,000 or 100,000? I don't know. We, yeah. There's no way to – but I'd say it's it's pretty pretty low odds to see one or have pictures of it and even lower odds to kill it. It's mm-hmm. fun to speculate at all. Oh, yeah. I just like that type of conversation because there's really you there's no you don't right know, but it's yeah. fun. I think it's just it's like the unknown. It's un- the unknown. People love is the what's unknown. fun about it. I think you know, um, man. One thing I do want to close with Mark, you're a grandfather now, man. Congratulations. Oh yeah, yeah. How's that feel? Woo. Oh, <laughs> my heart has been stolen. Yeah, I bet <laughs> yeah. <that is>. yeah. <laughs> Mabry is just so awesome. She reminds me a lot of Taylor when she was a child. You know, it reminds me of that period. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And a, the coolest thing is, of course, they live in Salt Lake City, but we've been flying out there about once a month. And mm-hmm. it, what I love is when she falls asleep in my arms, and then I just I don't want to put her in bed or anything. I just hold her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll get on my back and let her just sleep on my couch on on my chest while I'm on the couch or something. And that's been my favorite so far. Yeah. So the other day, I had a shirt similar to this one on and. She was laying there. She fell asleep, and she slept for an hour and 15 minutes, you know, and then she finally starts to wake up, and I pick her up, and she had – her forehead was on one of these buttons, oh, and she had, this, <laughs> she had this indentation on her forehead. <laughs> Taylor was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I had no idea. I, didn't know. I felt terrible because, I mean, it was – I'll show you a picture of it, but it, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. it was bad grandpa oh, that day. Okay. Taylor was like <laughs> – you know, the first, you know, anything that was on her body ever came from me. It was yeah. an indentation first of a blemish. Yeah. Good thing it wasn't like a mossy oak embroidered shirt. Get a mossy yeah, oak right. on, on her forehead forever. Yeah. I know. No, that would have been a keeper. She's like, oh, yeah. well, they, they owe us royalties yeah, for life. Royalties for right. life. <laughs> Here, this is when she's waking up. You can see it there on her forehead. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Taylor was pissed off. <laughs> That's pretty good. And she just looks bummed out about yeah. it. Well, oh, she's yeah. waking up and yeah. crying. Oh, you know, circle. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is good. I was like, it'll she, come out, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not permanent. Give it I 20 hope. minutes. <laughs> yeah. I hope. Yeah. Just, so the best part of that was she slobbered all over me the whole nap. So then, oh, yeah. nice. you know, there was Oh, man. I cannot imagine. Nope. <laughs> you know, so cool. I, my cool. son just turned two. My daughter just turned four. I can't imagine having grandkids. It's like another level of like. It almost seems impossible. You know? Oh yeah, it just, is, like, I mean, just like oh, you're never gonna die, but I mean, it's gonna happen eventually. But you don't like think about it. <laughs> Even <Okay>. like, <laughs> geez. oh, it's just so far away. It's time for it's you so, to leave. It's so far. <laughs> I meant I it as if 
as it's so far away okay. right now. Yeah, I know you're saying. <laughs> that was a bad. Or is it? It was a really bad analogy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even when she was expecting it was special. Like, and yeah. it, I don't know. Just it's it's been you know so heartwarming to see taylor become a mother and and do such a wonderful job her and austin have been fantastic Mm -hmm. they're already fantastic parents but i remember when she was carrying mabry like i wanted to be there when she killed her deer her her first deer while she was expecting that happened together in texas she made a perfect shot and then we just sat there and and cried in the blind together i mean it was so cool because we knew this was our last hunt potentially which she killed another one then with a rifle but we knew this was the last season where the dynamic has what it what it's always been yes me and her hunting together and we had a phenomenal season last year she filmed me kill a deer with a rifle i filmed her kill one with a bow and one with a gun and we just enjoyed the season because we knew this was it yeah because going forward Mabry was going to be in the picture, which is cool, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it it uh, the dynamic of having her in our lives has been uh, quite a blessing. Yeah, I can only. But imagine. thank you for asking. Yeah, I th- that's a cool thing to bring up too, like the dynamic changes in, in a good way. In a good way, but, but it's, it's a change. always been your yeah. baby girl and you, and now it's your baby girl and another baby girl. Yeah. So it's it's all good change, it, but it, I get what you're saying. It's been cool. You know, 13, I'm proofing them weekly right now, working on the edits with the guys, and it's been cool to see us relive it because we made sure we laid it down. We had the gender reveal in there. Mm-hmm. You know, we had yeah. that kill with with uh, that I'm talking about with her bow, and then her and Austin killed a big mule deer, and that was their first family yeah. hunt together, you know? So <laughs> yeah. we've laid this whole story out through 13, and it's been really cool to watch. I hope people enjoy it. It's I pretty love neat. it. Oh, I got a, I got a yeah, picture awesome. for you, Mark. Taylor sent this to me. Um, last weekend, she said, "Reppin." Uh, <laughs> awesome. nice. She showed me that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, awesome. "That's badass." Yeah, she said, "Reppin." So <laughs> I'll I sent, bet that put a smile on your face. Oh man, I love that. Yeah, and then I sent her a picture of Clyde. Clyde's been looking Sweet. for big bucks with me. That's oh. how he uses his binos. <laughs> Some days I feel like that. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so for people at home, listen, my son's got the bino. He doesn't know where I'm holding it to my eyes, but he holds his to the center of his forehead. <laughs> so uh, his birthday party's this weekend, and I got him his own little set of camo binos. Sweet. And we'll put them by the back window. We just watch rabbits and whatever doe walks through mm-hmm. the backyard. But still, those imprints that you make at that stage in life will be with him till the day till the day he dies yeah like yeah. they're products of their environment and if they don't get in introduced to what we do they're not going to pick it up they're not going to do right. it right yep and that's why when when taylor was a baby we had her in camouflage from day one i had her out in easter dresses making turkeys gobble when she was two and three years old and i always <laughs> yeah. took her with me no matter no matter no matter the pain, no matter the drive, no matter what the distance was or how cold it was, I'd bundle her up and we'd go. Yeah. I always took her. And now look at her. She just wants to hunt constantly, you know, yeah. but yeah. they're products of their environment. So you you can't give them that environment too early. For sure. It's the, the best message we've had today in this in this podcast, like introduce them or somebody else. I went and yeah. did a um, an event last year. We were invited to come to uh, Southern Decatur the grade school there in leon Mm -hmm. and iowa has this incredible program called school of the wild Mm -hmm. and they started it in iowa city and they wanted to get inner city kids introduced to all things outdoors now it's branched out well beyond that 
And this coming fall, there's going to be 6,000 students across the state of Iowa that are taking their class of School of the Wild. So what happens Mm, is school signs up for it. The fifth and sixth graders are going to class in a state park in the timber the whole week. You're in the woods the whole week. And the curriculum is all clean air, clean water, clean dirt. And they're talking about CRP, timber stand improvement, trapping, hunting, conservation. Like It is the coolest program I've ever seen. And I I got done doing it. And we were the final speaker of the week. We were there on Friday. Hmm. We had a blast. The kids were so advanced with their questions. And I mean, every hand up. The whole time we were there, and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've seen, and, and this, we need this in our entire country. Yeah, for sure. So I asked uh, the teacher that I was working with there, I said, who's in charge of this? She said, well, Jay Gorsh. You ought to have him on your show. Yeah. He'd be awesome. Okay. Matt had him on their show, but we can't get this word out to enough people. Mm-hmm. Now we're trying to take the pattern, the blueprint, and scale it to other states. So we're starting to talk to the right people in different states and see if we can't expand School of the Wild, help with the funding for it, because I was just blown away at how much of an imprint it made on these children at that age. And you got to get them by that age or you're about to lose them. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I mean... There was nothing like that when I was in school that no, I knew no. about. Or Could you imagine? Yeah, we How need cool to, that like, would have oh, been? Be ate up with it. Yeah, that because yeah. that changes the, the dynamic big time. If that if we can get that going across Could Illinois. Could you imagine? The state of Oregon has it throughout the entire state. It's state-funded. Colorado has a program that's very similar. That's hmm. one of the things I've learned. But, man, how how cool is it? Get well, them outdoors. If and, I was doing it, Illinois should be on the ball with it. I would think. I mean, I mean, if they're not, we need to figure it out. But – Talk to a local teacher to tell them to start asking questions. It's all based out of Iowa City at the University of Iowa. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be cool to do that. I remember watching that episode. You guys were making up. Perry was screeching. Yeah, Perry was doing the owl calls, <laughs> yeah. which is fun for the the kids to like see that. You know, it's, it was a blast. Yeah, and I I had a bunch of trail cameras and tacticams and hats and, yeah. and grunt tubes and t shirts and I, I I probably gave five or ten thousand dollars worth of gear away that day, and I was like. I wasn't sure what I was going to go into, so I thought, they're not going to ask questions. If I give something away, they'll ask questions. Well, yeah, I was like, anybody got any questions? Every hand went up. So <laughs> I was like, wow. Well, I didn't bring enough gifts, but I, I made sure everybody got something. Something, you know? yeah. Well, if they need a guy with a neck tattoo to say that like your future could still be okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll come out and talk. Yeah. <laughs> you got to hide in the back while we all talk yeah. to him. Like, My mom's sad. But I'm doing all right, yeah, because yeah. of hunting. Yeah, <laughs> it led me astray, right, right on the right path. I'm but fine. Imagine where I'd be without hunting. Yeah, look at me now. Yeah, so I think it'd be cool if you had those guys on. I mean, just like I'd I said, to. Matt and Tim had Jay on, and we can't raise enough awareness about it. We had it in deer season 23. Uh, we're putting it on 13 this summer. The message is important, and there's no downside to this. You know, yeah, yeah. nobody's going to say, "Oh, that's terrible." You know, these kids are learning about earth and how to keep it clean and how to treat it right and how to be great stewards of the land right pretty cool yeah especially having kids it's like yeah i want my kids to Mm -hmm. that'd be great for them you know to have that but yeah i for sure if we can line that up and get them on and could you imagine a solid week in mid-october and it's always in mid-october so the leaves are changing and you're in the woods the whole week at school it'd be the best week of the year oh yeah that would be awesome yeah we didn't have anything close to that yeah yeah that that's a great program yeah, we need to do something. If we can get in line with those guys, and I don't know, I'd be involved, but they'd probably be easy. <laughs> yeah, you got to stay in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that'd be fine. Well, maybe, maybe you could be a tattoos. guest speaker at one of the close schools, you know, and yeah. you know, over, you're not that far from Iowa here, really. 
Yeah, no, Iowa City's an hour. No, not at all. Hour yeah, and but a half. There's 6,000 students this fall that's going to go through it. So wow. It's pretty cool. B- biggest year they've ever had. Yeah, that's we can, crazy. We can get involved, I think, for sure. Yeah, we, for we sure can do all it. do something. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's only an hour and a half from you and about, well, it's like a little over two for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, we could do it. It'd be awesome. Anything like that'd be easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, Mark, cool. be sweet. what should we close with? What did we talk about that you're like, we need to talk about this? You know, we just did with, with school a while. I mean, it's, yeah. that's, I'm glad we had, I'm glad it led to that path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I always enjoy visiting with you guys. You're, you're awesome. And we haven't talked about Tim and Matt yet. Oh, yeah. We got to take a second <laughs> to talk about uh, Tim and Matt. What's, if they were here, we'd have an intervention. Oh. But they're not here. Is that bad? So we can say whatever we want. Drugs? No. <laughs> no. Definitely not drugs. I don't think Tim's going to be. <laughs> Terry and I just recorded there on Monday. We did a trip down memory lane, telling old stories and kind of the history and yeah. stuff. And we had a good time. But I, I was thinking about you while we were filming it because you guys go back and forth. And I, I think it's it's fun. <laughs> it's healthy <laughs> community stuff. Well, they started they started saying their show was not your favorite podcast because you said we were your favorite podcast. Yes. <laughs> Trust me, I'm aware. <laughs> so, I'm sure you heard about it. But I mean, let's be honest, Mark. <laughs> yeah. We're way cooler. They're cool, but we're pretty cool. I did both the same week. I'm no longer claiming favorites. <laughs> oh, come on. You this, is not, this is turning around on me. Yeah. What? What? Listen, Matt's cool. Tim's pretty cool, but we're, we're <laughs> yeah. super cool. There you go. No, we're, those, we're the coolest. Those, Levels are cool. Those guys are great. I do like that. I enjoy hanging out with those guys and the podcast. I did a great podcast with Tim and Matt for DeerCast, and uh, I think Matt is refreshing well, they're both refreshing, but the topic we talked about with Matt was setting realistic hunting goals. And he's like, you know, Mark's my uncle, Terry's my dad. Like everyone thinks that I should just be this like 200 inch slayer. He goes, but he goes, I'm just hustling to do what I can do on my own places. I'm like, it's cool that he like acknowledges like that. Like he's honest about, I'm just learning Mm. and where he could easily lean into this like entitled, like, um, Hunter Biden vibe. <laughs> Co- yeah. That took a dark turn. Co- co- cocaine and hookers at the, yeah. at the studio. Yes. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't do that. He could easily. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. I hope Matt loves that one. <laughs> Just start calling him Hunter. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, I don't want that. <laughs> that was on the fly. I didn't mean to make that analogy. Can we even talk about it? Can we even talk about Hunter Biden? Is the DOJ going to sweep in here and just clean it? They well, might. I don't think the DOJ is listening. Someone is probably. They might. The CIA might. Mm. But I don't think they're. I don't think the DOJ is going to do any any of the sweeping either. I think it'd probably be, you know, suicide from the back of the head. Oh, that thing. type of thing. You know I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you've been really dark. This <laughs> <There's, episode. laughs> Jacob, you feeling okay? Yeah, you're right. Hey, I had a long drive down here, guys. <laughs> Did a lot of soul searching. Jacob, Jacob's background. You were on a, a politics podcast. Yeah. Before Victory Drive. Right. It's a deep dark hole into politics. I'm not gonna lie. Oh man, I'm Holy telling crap. you, who'd want to go down it anymore? I I don't know. I did for like disastrous a, for like a year and I wanted uh You did a year of that podcast? Yeah, a little over and I was just like, Man, this is taking a toll on my mental health. I need to back away from this. Once you get down the hole and you start realizing a bunch of stuff, you're like nah, I can't do anything anyways. <laughs> I don't well, get... right, you feel helpless. Like it's so yeah. far removed from what our founders right. envision, like 
Yeah. Come on. Quite I mean, almost quite the opposite. These people are in their mid seventies to you know, turning ninety and they're still in Congress. Like this is Well, who was the guy that just did that insane. interview and just froze mid interview? Mitch McConnell. Yeah. 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 He's just talking and then he's just <laughs> well, he's it's that guy needs to be on the couch enjoying retirement, man. It's because they're not in charge. Well, they're not in charge. <laughs> they're right? not in charge. They're, they're just charge. they're just holding up a seat, you know what I mean? Even though I I don't like Biden and you know, take that for well, whoever's listening, whatever, I don't care. But you watch the guy and you're like, it's kind of unfair to this old man. Oh yeah. It's like sit that guy down. He's putting him on bikes and shit. He's like falling <laughs> yeah. over. You know yeah. what I mean? His son's leaving Coke in the White House. Like, oh, it's, we gotta. No, 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 no. It wasn't. Yeah, no, let's but, let's button this up. <laughs> that, Allegedly, yeah. that scene of Mitch McConnell when he freezes up, his face just kind of goes limp. He clearly had uh-huh. some episode. He had right? a stroke or something. Yeah, or it looked whatever. like a stroke, and he just lost all control, yep. and he just stand there frozen. And I don't, I'm not making fun of of mitch mcconnell here but i saw this meme this morning i was laying in bed and this guy put a meme together and it said it it, it was like um me colon these gummies never bother me <laughs> and then, and then it, he put the picture of mitch and he goes me 30 minutes later after taking gummies <laughs> i started laughing i was like I, i'm not making fun of mitch mcconnell no, i know you're not yeah. I, you know no, but the meme was the internet the meme was, they they win every time that oh i was like it made oh. me laugh it's like three o'clock in the morning and i'm laughing and I'm like, yeah. damn that was creative it's just yeah it's the, weird but you know in turn to turn that back to a relative it's like that affects our type of people because i mean hunting can be political because of state legislature and all this bullshit well, and that's why we yeah, always, can that's why oh, we, it's yeah. being more so too mm-hmm. yeah that's why we end up talking about it on uh victory drive quite a bit just inherently act like just within conversation when you're talking about guns and hunting it just leads into politics because well it's you the know, one hunting thing is where hunt- we have i didn't mean to cut you off but oh, you're good. i just want to say this real quick it's the one we don't really talk politics too much on wcb right. but when we talked about victor driving like fair game because it's more mm-hmm. it, it's kind of hand in hand gun laws and politics and all that stuff well it's i'm oh, sorry Go ahead. It, and they're winning their stupid war they're doing with the media about painting us in a negative light consistently mm-hmm. because historically granted the american population very few what very low percentage actually hunted excuse me Mm -hmm. however it was in favor with the bulk of the country like you know 75 80 percent of people were favorable to hunting they understood what it meant i saw the other day this report where in the the age group of like 18 to 40 it had dropped precipitously right Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden it was only 60 percent. so it came down drastically from what it's historically been and i'm like well there you go there's fewer and fewer people hunting they're telling people guns are bad hunters are bad Mm -hmm. you know and they're starting to win that that media war you know that's what they do through time Mm -hmm. they erode the support and then all of a sudden there is no support for us, mm-hmm. and they start taking your rights and laws and, and yep. your guns away and everything else. So that was the first time I'd ever – because in, in the past, I'm always like, well, they can say what they want. You know, yeah. There's a lot of hunters and a lot of support for it. And it was the first time I saw where they show that it's it's waning. Well, that's where that yeah. program that you know schools – Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's what I mean. Sure. There's, no, there's no negative to it. You yeah. know? It goes from uh, – you know, I mean, the new slang and all that stuff. It's like you see some of those kids, like they don't need to go outside. They're content with everything they got. Like, can you imagine? It'd be hard to want to leave your iPads and all the stuff that's just with you from birth, pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. there's an iPad and all these kids' faces, and 
everyone's saying busting and no cap and nobody wants to go outside and actually yeah. hunt well, and fish dead and ass. do eat dead ass, you know. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's but you know, I can kind of see it's if you were a kid that didn't have exposure to it before the class, I'm not going outside. Well, it's that might be the it might be easy to to fall into that, I guess. I don't know. Well, and yeah. being outside isn't 100% of the time comfortable. Like, there's bugs and there's heat and then there's cold and all this other stuff. You're not protected by the from the elements when you're inside, and then you are. It's like, it's not like a easy task to get certain kids outside. But it, it needs, we need to get them outside. Well, That's what's wrong with them. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like they call them soy boys or whatever, you know, they're just not getting enough sunshine. They're not getting enough exercise. They're not getting enough exposure to the elements. Like when I was a kid, we, I went in the door from school and out the back door, regardless of the weather, I couldn't wait to get outside Mm -hmm. play ball in the summer or go in the woods or whatever, like whatever the elements were, it didn't matter because the the goal was, you know, but you didn't have the cell phone. You didn't have other things to keep you preoccupied. Now, Doors open, they go in. You don't see anybody on streets anymore, no. man. Mm-hmm. They're in their homes. It was a punishment to be in the house. Yes, yeah, it was. Yes. Yep. That's You're a good a, point. That's a yeah. great point. A great point. Well, walk through, you know, a mall or a Walmart or a Target or wherever you're shopping, and you can just see them. And you're like, what are you doing? You're in your pajamas at 6 p.m., and you, <laughs> yeah. your hair is unkept. You look like you haven't had any vitamin D in your entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, your face looks like my legs. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, I was like, yeah, when, when I was a kid, you'd see kids on bikes, groups of kids mm-hmm. on bikes. And Everywhere. now it's like, you don't, like, I, I, no, no kids ride BMX they're not, that I see anymore. They're not outside. Like, yeah. I mean, it's frightening what's going on. Well, and it's like you said, uh, what would you give like five or six years old? You want to get them in there early? It's fifth the, grade, fifth, fifth and sixth grade. grade. Okay, That's the tail go. end of it. Yeah. Tail end of it. Yeah. So it's, it's, that just goes back to that. If the earlier you get them outside, the and better. Just enjoying the outdoors, then they're just going to grow up like that. That's the environment. Yep. Mm-hmm. If your house is the environment, then that's your environment. That's what you learn. Yep. You know, they're scared to go outside. Yeah, you know, and they're dazed and just that blank look, and yeah. it's like, Dope. man, it's scary. Dope. I gotta think though, for the kids that do live an outdoor lifestyle, compared to like what could be complete the opposite, it's like, there that's got to be an attractive trait for those. Like, I'm gonna instill this outdoor. Oh, they're gonna be killers. Son. They're gonna be great at life. Yeah, mm-hmm. it goes back to what we talked about. You know, the performers in all facets of life. Yeah, those kids are out hunting and understanding our environment and. You know, knowing the seriousness of going out and taking an animal's life, like they're going to be able to conquer anything in life. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Versus that kid that's in in his house playing a video game, killing people or whatever in the zombies or whatever in the video game. So, yeah, you're you're correct in that. It's fun conversation. It could go on forever. Yeah. Um, Mark, I do appreciate you coming in and uh, anytime getting a full blown WCB podcast. We talked about everything (laughs) and and then nothing all in the same episode. That's what makes it fun, though. That's what makes yeah. podcasting fun, is you just go into it, and where it goes, that's where you go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. It's always fun visiting with you. We a lot of fun. And Matt, Tim, you do a great job. Yeah, sorry <laughs> about the Hunter Biden thing. It was pretty funny, though. You got to admit. It is pretty good. You're going to love that one. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get a call. Kurt, we need to come down to the office. For what? <laughs> For what? <Yeah>. Huh? <laughs> I was just down there. <laughs>
no, nah, we need to talk. <laughs> okay, I'll call Mark. Mark, everything all right? <laughs> he doesn't answer. Yeah, I called Taylor. I'm like, hey, we talked to your dad. <laughs> oh, I'm busy with the baby. Baby's crying. I gotta go. <laughs> Baby's crying. <laughs> Picture Mabry in a 100% wild podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting so much infant clothes oh, made and just shipping her a crate. <laughs> oh, no. oh be funny. You're, pl- you're winning the game there, bud. It's a fun battle. It's not fun. really a battle. It's all it's all love. We're all the same family. Doug, what do you got? What's going What's going on in your life? What do you What do you uh, What do you think? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for coming, Mark. And uh, hopefully, bring that mustache back someday. Yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> if I kill one over 250, <laughs> the the Goatee will go away, and I'll go full handlebar, right there. Wow, there it is. full like handlebar that. is nice. Two fifty is a stretch. That's a stretch. You didn't. You I'm didn't want to release a deer. We're, we're all looking at one fifties. Mark's at two fifty. You could have went down a little bit. I'd like to kill a two fifty. So you settled on two fifty. Yeah, I'll do two fifty. Two ten. Two, tw- uh, how about my biggest ever? Something over whatever my largest was. That's a good bet. Oh, yeah. There you biggest. go. Okay, can go. we get another shake on that one? What's yeah. your biggest ever? Uh, two seventeen and a few. I'll ice. take that. Okay. Nice. Down. <laughs> so Doug's shaving wow. the stash if you kill your biggest buck ever. What? What? That's what I heard. Yeah, yours comes off, <laughs> yeah. and then I go. Yeah, no, you guys are both no, shaving. No, That's what I heard. No, we already shook. <laughs> no take backs. But, okay, you keep the mustache, but you do let a goatee grow in. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good bet. Yep. My goatee goes away for a year, and yours comes in. No, long? not a year. No. I can't do that. A turkey season. It, it, a full it, season. Whatever take, the rest of the season is. Uh, the following turkey season. There you okay? go. So if, you, oh, if okay. it occurs in the fall, then you wear it through turkey. All right. mm. Yeah. I was going to say Iowa Deer Classic, but that's better. Turkey season. Yeah, turkey season. Okay. Yeah. That's a good yeah. bet. Yeah. That's a gentleman's handshake bet. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a fun bet. Nick Morris would sign off on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's our standard. He's our he notary. the YouTube comments. What a dumb bet. Stupid bet. Doug sucks. What? <laughs> 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 Jacob, what do you got? Um, nothing. I mean, it was great meeting you, Mark. Well, great I, to meet you. You yeah. got a great voice, Dang. too. Wow, thanks. You do. He fits the <laughs> wow, firearm thanks. vibe, doesn't he? He does. My brother always said I have a face for radio, so well, it's <laughs> It's good. He's got a great voice. Yeah. He's got the best military tactical firearm vibe. He does. It's almost that, you know, we just lost a, a great iconic member of the media in, in Jim Scouton. He always had that voice that when it came on, every head in the room turned and listened to him. And mm. his voice is, is similar to that. If Jacob's going to yell at you, you're going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that come through on social media this week. The Outdoor Channel had shared it. And that, that you know, brought a tear to my eye, you know, because mm-hmm. I'd watched him mm-hmm. my whole life. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. doing TV before Terry and I even started. He's so. an icon. Yeah. He's iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You do have a good voice, Jacob. He does. Dang. You guys are so sweet. This is so nice. I'm so glad I came today. <laughs> you've, been very, you've been very dark on the podcast. Yeah. yeah you were dark on this one, but we're also a little scared of you. So <laughs> it makes sense. We'll let it slide. Austin, what do you got, brother? Uh, it's great having you in studio, Mark. Always good to see you. Uh, can't wait to see what you guys lay down this fall. It's always, Likewise. It's always fun to sit back and watch. So mm-hmm. good luck out there. I, I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Of the working class Boner crew, two of you are going to kill your largest deer of your life this fall. Wow. Mm. I like that. I do like that. Okay. I just killed my I biggest deer. Hand, so I'm That's very doable, and I think it's coming. 
I think I just, it's coming. I Big deer. Right. I'll take that. That's good. Austin's going to be one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like this what? even better. Uh-huh, uh-huh, this is looking uh-huh. good. Who's the other one? I shook your head. <laughs> Eric's going to be the other one. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. My prediction. He's got a new baby. His time's going to be limited, but it could be. Yeah. Mark's yeah. turning us upside down here. I like this. Wow, okay. I'm going to prove that one wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, I, too. I hope Eric does kill a super giant. He's due, man. He's due to kill awesome. the biggest. I yeah. do. There's and, my prediction for okay. the season. And I'd take like I'd take my biggest. That'd be fine with me. Yeah. Eric Eric is due. This is Eric's yep. year. It's gotta be. He's gone. He's killed bucks, but So needs- I kinda went with a do factor and I kinda went with yeah. consistency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're rolling the dice a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Eric's gonna do it. Yeah. We got his back this year, man. He's gonna be well, busy, but I turned my back on you, didn't you I? You did. Just like that. that hurt a little bit. <laughs> just, just stabbed you right in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I love this thing that's going on right here right now. This is fun. <laughs> I love that. The handshake put- didn't feel as good. <laughs> <laughs> putting you guys next to each other every episode from now on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to watch this go from friendly to just ill-written. <laughs> <laughs> I hate my turn. <laughs> bizarre bets every year. Yeah, yeah bizarre bets. Yeah, they get I, wilder and wilder. Every We check back in. Mark Dury. Yeah, Mark. He just texted me a bunch of mean stuff. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate you, man. What a blast. You guys are the best. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate you guys. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Peace. with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.